Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. State Investing Morning Show. Today is Thursday, December 8th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of minus 8 degrees in Edmonton, minus 13 degrees in Saskatoon, and 6 degrees in Toronto. Thank you. How's everybody doing this morning? We are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Come join us live. Joining on the chats. There's a call in button as well. You can ask any questions you want about real estate investing for free every morning, free coaching. Get on it, take advantage of it. Do it. <laughs> uh, like everybody else's this morning. Um, hopefully, we had lots of questions in today. Uh, we've got some leftover questions that um, we're still kind of um, picking away at, which are good. Some of them just turn into longer conversations. Yeah. So, um, We'll see where that takes us today. But guys, if while you're here, if you got any questions, please feel free to uh, um, type them out in the chat there, or, 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 or call in. But if you call in, though, you got to call in with a. Uh, you have to call in with a, uh, a set of headphones. Indeed, we're gonna have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Keep trying new things. It's not going well. Yeah, well, we'll deal with it. Um, who do we got joining us today? Well, I forgot to join the podcast until just a moment ago. So all that I see is Patrick. We have Jeremy, Nasir. Kirsten. Eric. Uh, Ryan. Eric's got a nice new uh, uh, profile picture there. Oh, nice. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Looking professional. I can't see it very. It's it's very, very yeah, tiny yeah. on my screen. Tiny. Well, but it's it. tiny on the phone, too. Probably even smaller. I suppose so. Scotty's here. <laughs> Kathleen's here. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. Morning, Jeremy. The weather sounds all negative, he says. Nasir's here. Toronto Ryan's was here. positive. Pardon me? Toronto was in the positive. Yeah. Yeah, as always. Um, what's the weather where we're going next week? Haven't looked. Okay. Guessing mid to high 20s. You haven't checked to see if there's like a tropical storm coming in that week? <laughs> no. That would have been a really good thing for me to look at before I booked it. <laughs> I booked our uh, vacation uh, yesterday. <laughs> I get, uh, and I took a bunch of um, a bunch of people made a recommendation for one spot. So I'm like, okay, I gotta go there. And then, uh, sure enough, um, after I book it, I don't know, I'm just watching like some YouTube videos of some like goofy YouTube families. You know what I mean? Like their vacation walkthroughs or whatever. Uh, just gonna see what's going on there. Um, and uh, I find out there's no beach, <laughs> which is you know one of the things that Gabby wanted. She wanted a, a decent beach, so. Um, just a little, that's a little sucky, but all in all, we should have a lot of fun. We didn't have, um, a very big choice. Like we are very last minute and it's almost the holidays and everybody is going away and lots of the, the opposite. lots of the resorts were sold out. So like the resort we normally go to was sold out. Um, a lot of the recommendations you guys had were sold out or like going to be like, $15,000 for the trip for one week. Like it was, yeah, it's, we didn't have a lot of choice. I <laughs> see. And I don't, I don't mind spending money, but like, I want to spend money on the right things, the things that are important to me, which we can get into as well. <laughs> oh um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of things. The only things that matter to me are the flight and the food, the flight and the food. So stupid. That's so right though. I, um, I, I'm listening to Steve Harvey. Once you fly, fly first class, you can't not do it again. You can't not do it. Like I just, I made the decision this year that I will not fly economy ever again. And if for whatever reason, the flight, the cost of the seats don't make any sense, they're way too expensive for the trip. He then I won't, won't go. go. <laughs> 
economy does not exist anymore. I think that our flights were far more expensive way than more, our trip. Way more expensive than the trip. Or than a resort, I guess. But I fucking deserve it. <laughs> I think you are so silly, but I don't want to get on a fight in a fight this morning. Well, fucking put them up. <laughs> put them up. See what you got. We did almost get into a fight yesterday over it. Because we had to go on the days where <laughs> my business class tickets were. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're on a six-day trip now instead of seven. <laughs> YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> uh, we're going to do that excret, uh, the Occidental. Um, it's the only thing that's available. Yeah, we're um, going I, to the Riviera Maya. Yeah. Mexico. Yeah, it's the only thing that's available. Like, I made the assumption that, um, oh, we're going to get really good deals because we're doing it last minute. But, like, they're all sold out. <laughs> Anything good. So, and I'm not going to go to a crappy resort with crappy food. So, um, I, I got a lot of people saying that the food was decent at this one. So, uh, I'm going to stick with that. But, anywho. Yeah. Um, Sean says, so much to do there. And Glenn says, oh, I loved the food there. Yeah? Yeah. Who did, sorry? Glenn. Glenn said that? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I think when it came down to it, like the few choices that we did have, which as I said, were very slim, um, there was some beautiful resorts that we could have got a really good deal on, but there was really nothing to do for Everly. And that's a big discussion that we had yesterday is that like, you know, the sun goes down around like, I don't know, five or six. Yeah. And then you have the entire night before the show starts at like 9 p.m. <clears throat> to like do what? Like the pools are closed, the like there's just not much to do if there's not um like if it's not kid focused resort. Yeah. And so like there's these gorgeous resorts, but we're just like, God, we're probably just gonna be bored. And it's gonna be like every night's gonna be like pulling out our hair. So yeah. And then there was the yeah, the Occidental, which obviously we get um to go play at the X Carrot and um lots to do and lots X to see. X -Caret. Excadet, whatever. Excadet. Like, I'm not, I'm not Mexican. I don't need to like. I thought it was French. <laughs> like when, when you're talking about like, are you like bonjour, comment ça va, ça va bien, or are you just like bonjour? I don't know. No, it's excadet. <laughs> That's what the goofy family on YouTube said. Garrett says it's scaret. Oh, scaret, scaret. Get it. It sounds like a okay. No, never mind. I'm not gonna <laughs> say what that sounds like. Anyways, um, we're excited. It's gonna be fun. Just see some animals, right? Yeah. Are you okay? Um, I I I don't like animals. <laughs> you booked the resort for you. <laughs> There's no beach. <laughs> For you. <laughs> Heard there's flamingos there. Really? I was just gonna surprise you, but that's cool. I don't I don't like the idea of uh reptiles, you know, creeping and crawling in and around my window and and uh and underneath my door. That was one thing it was always like really bothered me the lot the one place we always go to was that like they had a they didn't have a very good weather stripping on the bottom of the door. <laughs> And, um, and then you just like, you go into the hallway and just like an open hallway and just like, you just see like salamanders and like reptiles just like crawling around everybody around the walls. And I'm like, they could very easily get underneath that door. You're so silly. I'm not silly. I'm being real. You think they're going to hurt you? No, they're not going to hurt me, but like just crawling up my leg in the middle of the night. <laughs> so I'd be like checking underneath the sheets before I go to bed and like, ah, oh, just, you know, you think about like. You know, you see you see a spider before you go to bed. You know what I mean? When you, that feeling. And then, like, you wonder all night, is there a spider above me? Is there a spider in my room? Right? Which is it's a common phobia. Now, think about a salamander just, like, crawling around or, like, a little gecko. Like, crawling up into your ear asking if you've got car insurance. I, Wayne, you're I, – I, <laughs> I grew up on the side of a mountain in a forest. You had a lot of geckos. We had salamanders. Asking if you'd like a second quote on your insurance. <laughs> we had salamanders. We had spiders the size of mouse, mice, mouses, mices. <laughs> Give me a break. I know it's called moose. We had stink bugs. We had everything. Moths, 
daddy long legs hanging out and everything. Well, I don't like it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Monkey stealing my breakfast. Bo, I go for you. So, uh, but I'm getting my gosh darn business class. That's for sure. My direct flights. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a terrible time for a commercial break. Well, the, pe the people are wondering is if there's going to be a show. Oh, yeah. We're going to do a show. Yeah, there'll be a show. Yeah, until we don't. Yeah, we might take a day off or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll be leaving. Um, when do we fly? Friday or Saturday? I can't remember. Friday. Sure. To or from? I think we're flying on Saturday. So we fly on the 17th. Yes. We'll be back on the 23rd. So uh, no show on the 23rd. Um, probably a show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 19th, 20th, 21, 22. Nothing on 23. Nothing on the 26th because it's Boxing Day. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll send you a full schedule. <laughs> Our people will be in touch with your people. Until we don't. <laughs> Okay, let's take a little quick, little quick little commercial break. Is, is there any other questions from the people about our vacation? I don't think so. I'm excited. Me too. Yeah, I just, um, I we kind of ruled it out. We're like, you know what? Things are just too busy right now. Let's just screw it. We'll we'll take a month off in January. Um, December's, December's not going to work out. And um, I don't know, then I just... You went away for the weekend, spent the whole weekend on the couch, and um, I don't know. What do you mean spent the whole weekend on the couch? I pretty much did. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, some, I got up to a lot. I, I just, I, I sat next to the dogs at the window waiting for you to come home <laughs> <clears throat> for three days, just ate like garbage. And then I'm like, hey, you know what? This was kind of nice. <laughs> I'd like to do that somewhere warm. So I'm like, oh, screw it. Let's just go. So anyways, commercial break. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. <laughs> so if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers, or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. Oh, no, I didn't unmute us. I've just been talking this whole time. and been I on. was going to ask you because I didn't hear the click, but I was like, oh, he must have. Like, oh. He's a professional. <laughs> I, pre I appreciate that um, that confidence in me. No, I pressed the button to go on Facebook Live, and I forgot to unmute us, us on the live show. So <laughs> Kathleen's like, is anyone there? Um, yeah, we were just chatting. We were wondering uh, if, if anyone else was taking a vacation. And Gabby's like, yeah, I saw lots of vacation pictures. Looks like everybody's already gone. Yeah. And I said, oh, that's cool. Anyways, you guys are all caught up now. Um, <laughs> is it felt like Monday <laughs> when I was gone and you were hosting by oh, yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Is anybody else going on vacation over the holidays? I think I saw someone in, uh, in my comments saying, uh, go to this place. I'll see you there. Oh. Okay. Oh, is that, that the same person who said, we'll go check out real estate? <laughs> Boo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, why are you booing him? Because I'm going on vacation. I'm not oh, going to check out real estate. I thought you were booing tax fraud. <laughs> that too. I went and I looked at the property, so that's a write-off. 
Okay, I kind of I kind of like it. I mean, if everybody else is doing it. I I'd, I'd say <laughs> I'd say that it's legit if you actually own property abroad. But if you're just like never buying anything abroad and you're going on a vacation once a year and writing it off because you went and looked at real estate, <laughs> that you're committing tax fraud. <laughs> What's wrong with a little tax fraud every now and then? Oh, Lord, oh God, don't. I, I just put tax fraud in the keywords on Podbean and Facebook Live. So I'm definitely getting flagged. Yeah. Fun. Um. That is a very good question, though. You know, what the, what's the deal with that? Because a lot of people talk about that. A lot of people do that very publicly um, about how, hey, when you go down to Dominican and you're there, just go and find a local realtor and say, hey, I would like to look at some real estate I'd like to purchase here. And then you can write off your whole trip. What's What's the deal with that? What is the deal with that? I mean, technically, it's correct if if that's if you're conducting business, if that's the intention of your of intent. Your... Intention. Intent? Yes. No. No. Sorry, I'm I'm agreeing with you. Oh, I'm saying, what's the intent? I thought you were grammatically correcting. No. Me. Like, are are you actually looking and considering, and and like it's it's something in the works, or are you just doing it to have a tax write off and don't intend on buying anything? I intend on buying a condo somewhere at some point. <laughs> Tax bad. <laughs> no. No. I intend on doing One that. One day. 25 I years. I intend on doing that. And then um, and in a nice spot. And, uh, and then going there to check in on the property and considering it a check-in. Just so happens that place is warm and it just so happens that place is near a beach. I think it's a great idea, to be honest. Yeah. But, you know, going there and just like calling up a local realtor and just going and checking out a couple of beachfronts for an afternoon and saying that that's your whole thing. Well, that's tax fraud. You're lying. That's not your intent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Intent's the it's intent. You know what? Actually, in this game, when a lot of people have questions about, um, hey, so like if I do it like this and I do it like this, or if I buy it like this, but I stay in it like this. Or if I do it like this and that, you know what I'm talking about? Like those conversations? Yeah. The answer, the number one answer, the only answer is what is your intent? Yeah. Because a lot of people, they try and work around the, the the mortgage rules. They try and work around the the tax rules and stuff like that. Yeah. The question that you should always be asking yourself is what is my intent? And if your intent is to do the exactly what is written in, in the tax law or the mortgage law, then you're okay. Right? But it's like when you start hanging out in the gray area and you start being, you know, ask, saying things like, well, they can't prove my intent. That's 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 when you start dealing with mortgage and tax fraud mm -hmm. or um, securities, um, playing around with the securities laws as well. Mm -hmm. Right. A lot of people ask me, well, what if I do it this way, but I get them to buy it first and then we we don't say anything. We don't have anything written. But after the fact, we get a joint venture agreement. Is that OK? Well, what's your intent? Mm -hmm. If your intent was to do it and you're just trying to do some sort of a workaround with agreements, then yeah, technically you're it's against the law. Intent is probably um, the number one keyword yeah. in real estate investing. Totally. Because a lot of people they play around in that gray area and and just just try and stay out of the gray area and try to have good good intent. Mm -hmm. And then you're okay. Indeed. Anyways. Uh Kristen is going to Hawaii. That's awesome. That is awesome. Oh, and Sean is going to Puerto Vallarta on Boxing Day. I liked, I think, was it last year that we, no. A few years ago, the first time we went to Mexico with Everly, we traveled on Boxing Day and we stayed over New Year's. Do we travel on Boxing Day? Yes, because my mom came down uh, when she was still living in BC. She drove down um, for Christmas, stayed for Christmas. Okay. Um, that And unfortunately, that was the year we had to put uh, Jack down just before Christmas. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then we traveled on Boxing Day. I loved that. I liked just like being home for Christmas and then like packing up the bathing suits, hopping on the plane, going and spending New, uh, yeah, New Year's. I think we were there, right? Doing the whole Home Alone thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's crazy the price differences. Yeah. 
Um, there's, we, there's a reason why we had to fly back on the 23rd because 24th, literally everything, I would set it for the 16th to like the 24th or the 15th to 24th. And it would say sold out, sold out, sold out. And then I go like the 15th to 23rd and there'd be lots. Mm -hmm. So like starting on the 24th, Christmas Eve, it is, everything is sold out. Yeah. And the, I looked at the prices as well. It just like dramatically increases on Christmas. Yeah. You would assume it'd be less, but it's not. Okay, let's get to some questions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I'm going to start with, uh, speaking of taxes, uh, I believe it was Cody who asked this question. Cody asked, uh, flip taxes. Um, so when you buy a property in one year, you renovate it and then you sell it in the next year. How do the taxes work with that? Mm -hmm. As far as I know, and we would like, um, unless somebody does actually know for sure, but as far as I know and, and confirm with your accountant. So um, you don't know. So I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but um, you, your, your purchase of the property and your expenses on that property leading up to the end of the year, um, would be filed on that year's uh, tax return. Right. And the following year, the remainder of, the, if you were still renovating into the next year, the following expenses and then the sale of the property and the proceeds from it would get filed on that next year. Mm. Um, we flip within our corporation. So our like year our end is in, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Like everything, I mean, like when you it's think about your, up. yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I guess we did have a situation like with um, Springvale where we purchased it. I think that's the only property that we purchased in one year and sold in the next right. year. Um, but I, I didn't, I'm honestly not paying attention to, <laughs> yeah. but like, if you think about what you're, what you're showing is your bank statements, like we flip in our corpse and like, you need to show your, your bank statements and prove every single expense from whatever your, the start of your year is to your year end. You don't claim stuff from a different year within that. Yeah. So. So I'm fairly certain I'm right. Yeah. When I, and, and, and we don't know hundred percent. So that's, that's our answer. Um, and yeah. you want the answer, just email your accountant. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very quick or, I mean, I could probably Google it. Um, I just, I don't have, I just don't have the time to do it. And to be honest, I think it's better to get it, the answer yeah. from the professional and not Google. Well, and like the other thing I found is that like different accountants do things differently and you know, I, I guess like there should just be a stock answer, but talk to your accountant. Yeah. So here, here, here's the way that I, I assume that it goes. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to try and help people out with this because the person that asked this question might be thinking that like, okay, well, I bought this property in my corp in 2022 and I'm going to sell it in 2023. If all my tax, if my all my expenses go into this year and all my income goes into the next year, how does that work? But you have to realize that it's it's not when when you do have a flipping business, a corporation that 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 flips houses, not a corporation that flipped that house. You are going to have lots of ex, your expenses, your deductible expenses, are the expenses that support the business that it is that you are in. And you are in the business of flipping houses. So any expenses you have that are related to flipping houses are deductible. Okay. The income that you have, the net income is from the sale of the properties. So you're going to get hit with a lot of um, income because you, you're selling a property, you're buying a property for 300, you're selling it for 520, you're going to get hit with 220, $220,000 in income, right? Or revenue. But you're writing off a significant amount as well. So I, my assumption is, is that your accountant would, if there is, if, if it, if it's detrimental to you on the 2023 tax year, they might delay some, I I've had conversations with our accountant about this for different businesses, um, because we realize some income early and some income later, and they can kind of, from what I'm, from what I've been told is they can actually, um, delay is not the word I'm looking for, but they could, they could separate it out over a period of time. Um, to receive, in, you know, to receive that revenue on, on mm -hmm. different calendar years. 
um, and spread out the taxes as well. So my my assumption is it's not a very simple answer. Um, that there's compli- there, it's a complicated one that you, yeah. there's a little bit of flexibility with that yeah. to make sure that you're not getting hit with a, rid- a ridiculous amount of taxes in, in 2023. But at the same time, you've also got a huge surplus in 2022. I was going to say like in a sense, like if you were just flipping one house and so you're concerned that this, all this profit from this one property is going to be a detriment to you from like on those, on those two years, then yeah, I was thinking like when you think about it, it should kind of wash itself off. You might get a really nice refund. A great fir- refund this year. year. And then pay for it in the second year. But if you plan for that, then you should be fine. Um, but if you are flipping houses, then it should all wa- like it should all wash out. Who cares yeah. about that one house that sold and you knew the expenses were in the first year? You're gonna sell a whole bunch more. This would this would be a concern if it was on your if it was on your um your personal like personal yeah. income taxes because what happens is it puts you in a different tax bracket. If you received a significant chunk of income next year and you weren't able to deduct, then no, it would still put you in a higher tax bracket anyways. Because deductions doesn't bring you down. Yes, it does. <laughs> ah, talk to your accountant. It we are not accountants. Trying my best here. <laughs> as long as it's in your corp, it doesn't make a big difference. On your on your personal income taxes, it might get a little more complicated. Yeah, for sure. Because it's going to push you into a higher tax bracket. So you're going to pay a little more in tax- taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why when you're flipping houses, no, I shouldn't say that generally. It, it is best if you're if you're in the business of flipping houses, just start a corporation and flip within the corporation because you're just making way too much money. And if you have a job as well, yeah. um, you're just going to be put in a super high tax bracket. Okay. Um, what other questions do we have? Uh, okay, let's 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 do this one here. Uh, what are your thoughts on private lenders versus joint ventures? Well, they're totally different. Um, let's well, there's two examples that you can use. You can use it for um, private lenders for fix and flips, or private lenders for joint ventures, uh, like buying long-term buy and hold rentals. Right? What's better? Is it better to borrow someone's funds and to pay them a flat rate, or is it better to um, joint venture with them? and give them a percentage of the profits. Mm. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is the legal side of it. Um, And I think that needs to be addressed because we are on a public podcast. Um, Offering guaranteed returns is a, is a very gray area. Um, you really need to review the the rules from the securities commissions uh, for your province on going about quote unquote raising funds. Um, see with joint ventures, you're allowed to with friends, families, and accredited investors, right? There's nothing really in there that talks about, you know, borrowing people's money for down payments and renovations, right? And offering them a fixed rate return. So, uh, private lenders are a little more of a gray area. And also, I mean, to be completely honest, let, let's, for joint ventures, I see that a lot, a lot of people borrowing money on promissory notes for down payments and for renovations. And then they do like their burrs or they do that. I've seen a lot of people in Ontario using high interest money, buying rental properties just because the market was just continuously going up. And they thought, you know, heck, if I borrow my down payment at, eight percent or ten percent i'm making so much money on the appreciation that it's a wash and it doesn't even matter them borrowing the down payment at that high interest rate saw a lot of that over the last uh, five to ten years and i just shook my head at it um but a lot of people did really well and i mean i think it was luck but uh on joint ventures i don't really think the private lend joint ventures for long-term buy and holds i don't think it really makes any sense i don't think it works you just said joint ventures for long-term buy and holds you mean private lending yes private lending thank you you <laughs> want to correct me private lending on long-term buy and holds doesn't make sense correct <clears throat> joint ventures on long-term buy and holds is pretty standard yes right 
um, private lending on fix and flips um, is pretty common, is more common than on long-term buy and holds. However, finding someone to to lend unsecured funds for your renovations is extremely rare, is extremely rare. Um, Are you talking about for rental costs or for the mortgage itself? For renovations and down payment. I see a lot of people like looking for private lenders to cover their down payments and their renovation costs. Mm. And then they go to another private lender for the mortgage. So they're basically in for zero, like 100% loan to value and they got the renovation money in. I see, a, I see a lot of that, um, people asking for it. That's risky. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because um, they have no skin in the game, right? Yeah. Unless, of course, like you're, you know, you've done this many, many a times and you're an experienced, you know, investor. Yeah. And also you have a really good relationship with that, um, with that fix and flip investor. Then I think you're okay. But it's it's kind of rare, like for the people that are like, hey, I want to get into fix and flipping. So I need to find a private lender to give me a promissory note for the down payment and the renovation fund. So they're going to blend me $200,000. And then I'm going to borrow $300,000 for the purchase of the property. And then I won't have to bring any of my own money in. I'll do all the fix and flips. And if I'm lucky, after all those interest costs, I might make $30. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the reasons it's really risky is because of when you're borrowing everything, everything. at 15%. Oof. It's like your borrowing costs are... I can't think of a market where that would work. Like, yikes. <laughs> it's the borrowing costs are like way... You're, you're up to your nose in it. Yeah. And the, there's not enough of profit spread. So yeah. that's where it gets like super risky. Even just having your mortgage itself at like, say you do like the 10,000 down like Calvert mortgage, mm -hmm. the interest is so high that like your monthly holding costs are significant. Like you hold that thing for an extra couple months and it's just ch chomping away at those profits you were expecting. That's actually a really good point. That's not part of this question, but I want to I want to bring up a lot of people are like, I've been trying to find really good deals, but there's none that profit. And I'm like, okay, well, how much money are you putting down? Uh, $10,000. I'm like, okay, here, here's, here's an idea. Put 20% down. Yeah. It's just like rental properties. I can't find any properties that don't cash flow. How much money are you putting down? Well, I'm putting 5% down. I'm saying I'm moving, I'm moving into it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Put 20 or 25% down. Then it'll cash flow. It's the same thing with fix and flips. People are saying like, I want $50,000 in profit, but I can't find any deals that work. Mm -hmm. But they're only putting $10,000 down and they're, and they're getting charged 16.9 interest. Yeah. And they're borrowing all the money on their line of credit and credit cards for the re renovations. Yeah, it's going to be a little hard to find some profit. Well, then, and and then imagine borrowing the renovation costs at 8, 10, 12% from a private lender, like, or oh a credit God. card or be crippled. Yeah, there's, there's, it's just, it chews into your profits. Yeah. So, um, if you want to be profitable, I, in my opinion, I think joint ventures are better for that. Um, yeah, you're giving up half your profits, but also you're not paying as high on, on carrying, uh, sorry, um, borrowing costs, right? You're able to put more money down. Your joint venture partner is going to cover the, the renovations and the down payments. So th there's no high interest on that. And then you split the profits. In, in my experience, joint ventures work better. Mm-hmm for something like that. And I think the person that asked this question was asking mostly for flips. Is it better to use um, private uh, lenders or is it better to use a joint venture? I say joint venture. Yeah, he uh, did clarify it was Cody. He said, I think that was my question, using private lenders versus joint venture for renovation costs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know what I, you know, I, I, Gabby, you probably noticed this, um, I, that I've been trying to get away from it. But, all of our questions have been fix and flip related this mm -hmm. year. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many pieces of content I put out telling people to do their own thing. But there's too many people just assuming that there's only fix and flips. And uh, I'd like to get the conversation back on rentals. More. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to. Because everyone's just assuming that the only way to get into real estate investing is to buy a house, to renovate it, and then to sell it for profit. That's just what we happen to be putting down on, out on content right now. Yeah, and it's not the best market to be doing it in. At this particular moment, I would 
I would keep my finger on the pulse. Yeah, for sure. And just watch. Um, it's, it's possible. I do believe that yeah. spring will be much warmer than than yeah. this winter. Um, but I just, yeah, all it seems like all of our questions in the morning are all mm-hmm. whenever I'm like, is it is it is it long term buy and hold related? Is it rent home mm-hmm. related, or is it fix and flip related? They're all fix and flip. So I just I just want people to to make sure that they stick to the fundamentals as well. That buying cash flowing rental properties is the basics yes. of real estate investing. And fix and flipping, if you're going to get into that first, just know that it is it's an advanced strategy. And it is it is by definition riskier. And I hate to see people coming into this game and hopping into a risky investment strategy with the potential of them losing ten or twenty thousand dollars. Or more. Or more when they don't have the money to back it up. I'm talking to the people who are the type of people that are borrowing all their renovation funds and all their down payment funds and all their mortgage funds. Those people cannot afford to lose $20,000. You have to pay. I can afford to lose $20,000. Because I have a big plan. I'm doing lots. I'm making money on some. I'm losing money on some. It's we're we're in a very risky market right now, and it's also a very risky strategy. So I just I want to say that not to discourage and not to deter people from doing it, but these are the types of people that are don't have any money, too cheap to pay for coaching, too ignorant to ask questions in the morning, and just want to go and fucking do it. I'm I'm literally I'm I'm scared. I'm scared for them because I don't want to be the reason why they go out and make a bad financial decision. Mm-hmm. I would love it if you, the people that I'm talking to specifically, would ask more questions in the morning. I would love it if you took our fix and flip workshop back in August. I would love it if you joined our mentorship program or any other coaching program, mentorship program that focuses on fix and flips if that's what you're doing. But it's the people that are not doing those four things that 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 check those four boxes don't have any money, it's high risk, not taking any education, not getting a coach, and too ignorant to ask questions in the morning or shy, I highly recommend you do not touch fix and flips. Yeah. Now, the people that are in the master's mentorship program, you see lots of them doing fix and flips and they're doing really great because they have support from us. Yeah. They're able to ask questions and we're able to answer them very quickly, right? It's a very supportive community. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I'm... You you probably noticed that I've been trying to sway the conversation away from fix and flips because everybody that, just assumes it's the right thing yeah, to do. Yeah, and I don't think that people realize how easy or or how quickly um, you can go from like looking at a really nice profit to all of a sudden losing money. Like yeah. it can happen pretty quickly. A couple wrong decisions, a couple delays, um, contractors taking longer than they should. Mm-hmm. Um, windows not arriving until two months after they were supposed to like things can happen easily out of your control and you can go from making a profit to losing money pretty quickly you need to be really on the ball really on top of everybody really have a good understanding of the numbers really understand what it will mean if it goes a couple months longer than you anticipated and have that built in and if you do watch that profit go from the positive down to the negative and you don't have you've borrowed all your funds and you don't have extra money sitting in your bank account how are you going to repay those people who lent you money what's the plan how uh, are you going how are you going to give them their money back when you've lost money and don't have reserves in your own bank account you don't have any money given back when you sell the property and the property is negative $50,000, where the fuck is the money coming back for those joint venture partners or those private lenders? Yeah. You want to know why I'm saying this is because I see a lot of people in Ontario that were doing active fit flipping businesses while the market was hot and then the market went down. It's a completely different market, obviously, than the, the market that we're investing in, um, Gabby and I. But like, there's tens of millions of dollars missing because they weren't able to pay their private lenders back. They were basically borrowing all the funds for renovations and for everything else and for the down payments. Yeah. And when they did, and they what they were doing was they were borrowing more money to pay the payments to the other people. So they were borrowing more money on promissory notes, unsecured funds 
borrowing $100,000, $200,000 just to pay monthly payments to the other people that they owed it to. Meanwhile, they know that they can't pay the new payments. So they borrow more money to pay those people. It's the exact same thing that Epic Alliance was doing in, in Saskatoon, mm-hmm. right? Their whole models are built off borrowing more money to pay the payments for the people in the first money that they borrowed money from first. And then eventually they would sell a property, get all the funds out, be able to pay people back. Which is the same thing that I'm seeing with a handful of people doing fix and flips in, in and around our area. Yeah. And I'm scared. I'm scared because uh, I don't want to be held responsible for inspiring people to do that. Take care of any of these four things that I was talking about earlier. And I think you're in a better position. Get some education. Ask questions with free coaching. Join Master's Mentorship Program. I can show you how to not fuck up. And lastly, it might be best to have a little backup money. Have your own, have, have you know what I mean? At the very least, have like a line of credit of 40 grand or something like that in the event that worst case scenario or some cash in the bank that you can pay people back in the event that you screw up. I, I hope that I don't discourage the wrong people today or the right people. I guess it'd be the wrong people. I hope that I don't discourage the people because I, I think that some people really should. I think it's great. And they've got all their ducks in a row and they're doing great. I don't want to discourage those people. I'm trying to... Um, smack a few people up the side of the head just to make sure that you know it's you can't be ignorant in these types of strategies can i be honest with um with everyone of course you can just for today uh the property we sold the property yesterday we did we sold the property yesterday hallelujah uh we lost thirty thousand dollars on that property yep ouch thirty thousand dollars on that property now, I don't talk about why we lost money in that property because I'm a very transparent person. Everybody knows that I will. And anyone who's asked me about, you know, in, in, in person, I'm just like I bite my tongue. And the reason I'm doing that is because there are other people involved that I am trying to be a respectful human being. However, it was a combination of three things, two things mostly, two things. The first one was that we bought in the peak of the market. So when we were looking at that property and many other properties, that was when everything was hot and it was multiple offers. This one was a foreclosure that nobody had their eye on that I saw was a really great opportunity. I got in there on day one unconditional offer with a with a FaceTime walkthrough video. So I was I jumped on that. They accepted it. It was a great deal for the time. And that was when the market was going up mm-hmm. increasingly fast. Lots of multiple offers. Everyone was projecting. I mean, if everyone, if you remember the news that time in Alberta, and especially in Ontario too, because there was lots of Ontario investors that were coming to Alberta. Because they're like, oh yeah, it's finally going to boom. It's finally going to go up in value. It's finally going to catch up to the rest of the country. All of the news articles and videos from CTV, CBC, everything else, we're all saying, oh my God, how am I supposed to buy a home when there's all these Ontario investors coming in and scooping up these properties for $40,000 more, unconditional. And the other headlines were that everyone, ha- if you want to buy a house in Alberta, you have to buy unconditional. This is not fair. This is this should be illegal. We shouldn't have to you know, write an unconditional offer in order to buy a house. How are we supposed to buy a house with security? And then a few stories started coming out about people saying that, oh, uh, I bought a house and it had serious plumbing issues but the only way for me to buy this house was to make sure that i had it unconditional so they wouldn't let me do a home inspection you guys remember that stuff that was what the market was like at that time so i took a calculated risk for my business and i said well like the last thing i want is in three years from now to be looking back on this this period right here and being like oh man i wish i would have bought more so i bought a handful of properties specifically that i the, the numbers didn't work outside of that period of time. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know what, considering the fact that I believe that this is going to continue to go up and it's going to probably sell for this, you know, in three year, three months, if it continues like this for another three months, mm-hmm. I feel very confident making this purchase. So I did. 
there was not enough of a spread in order to protect us, you know, from any variables. Immediately after that, it plateaued. It didn't go down. It just plateaued. And it was less multiple offers, but the prices were staying about the same. And the demand, sorry, the supply finally uh, met the demand. So in the beginning parts of the year, there was not enough supply for the demand that was coming in. And then the news articles that came from all of that caused more of a demand because everybody thought it went from like there was no inventory to match the demand from the buyers. And then the demand from the buyers started making the news headlines. And then people were like, oh my God, I need to buy a house right now. Otherwise, I'm never going to be able to buy a house again. It's going to be just like Ontario and BC. That's what the news articles and the narrative was. So because of that, it forced more people out of the woods into buying houses, which increased the demand and the supply wasn't able to keep up. And eventually, everybody and their dog was like, well, it's a good time to sell my condo. It's a good time to sell my house. And people were just selling their properties just to take advantage of the market. Supply finally caught up to demand. That's exactly when I bought. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So there was not enough of a profit spread there. Now, if I had just sold it for what we sold it for and what, and, and, and. Bought it for, you mean? If I, well, no, I, I, the price that we bought it for and based off the price that we sold it for yesterday, we would have broke even. I looked at that. I'm like, I will break even. No big deal. And that's the way that I looked at it. I'm like, worst case scenario, the market just like. Worst case, we break even. Yeah. Worst case, we break even. I was okay with that. Worst case, I lose five, 10 grand. But it was worth it in order for me to make an extra, to make more money during that time period. Right. I rolled the dice on it. Then we had an issue with contractors and we had a very big issue with contractors this year. And we don't talk about that publicly because we're trying to be respectful. Um, but we hired on a contracting company and it went horribly bad and, um, we got overcharged significantly. So we've been working through legal on that for the last six months and that's where we're at right now. So that's why we lost $30,000 was because not that we didn't, I mean, we did, we did buy wrong. We like, I took a little more risk on than I should have, but at the same time we got overcharged significantly. And, uh, and we're still fighting that in, um, in legal, uh, between the lawyers. So I want, I want to share that with you because not every deal is going to work. And especially when you're starting out in fix and flips and trying to find contractors, which is the hardest thing to do in a fix and flip business is to find a contractor that will, that you can rely on and trust. Um, in the beginning of fix and flipping, you're more likely to, uh, run into issues with contractors and quality of work and overages um, than you are as an experienced investor. The reason why we got screwed over is because we, uh, I was I was playing Icarus, and I already had a really good uh, contractor team, but I wanted to scale it up. In order for me to do that, I needed to find a company that was able to handle what we bring it in and happened too fast and we didn't check off enough boxes and sign enough um, signature boxes in order to make sure that we were covered and we built it all off of trust. And because of that, we got screwed over. So we're still working through that. We're hoping that we're able to get that rectified, but it's unfortunate because we should have had a lot more profit this year, Mm -hmm. but we didn't. But again, our story is different than your story because we were scaling significantly faster and, um, and we, we put our trust in individuals and it was taken advantage of. Now, not comparing our business to your business, apples to apples. Let's just say, for example, if someone who doesn't have any savings and has a little line of credits and a little credit card and they borrowed all the funds and they got $10,000 down mortgage with Calvert and you know they borrowed all the funds from a private lender for their fix and flip uh, renovations and down payments, and they lost $30,000, would you be able to ride that out? Would you be able to pay back your home mortgage, your 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 mortgage company, and also well, your the mortgage, private lender? The mortgage company would get paid back automatically. They get paid back first. It's the private lender that gets screwed. Yeah. On the, on the renovation costs, the unsecured yeah. funds. I don't normally do this. I don't normally cover this type of discussion 
normally I try and focus on the positives, the inspirational stuff that's going to get people to get out of their seat as opposed to making them sit down and rethink everything. Um, because conversations like this will probably split the room and half the people will be like, oh, he's right. It's probably not the best idea. I should probably just stay at my job. Right. And I'm trying to avoid that. But at the same time, I think it's necessary to ensure that people are getting proper education. And I hate, I hate saying this because whenever I say it, it sounds like it's bias. And I say like it's, it's, to, it's to my own benefit. But for the love of God, if you want to be successful in real estate, you have to get a coach or a mentor. You have to. You have, yeah, you have blinds. Blind spots. So many fucking blind spots. And I hate the fact that I can't say it because I have a program. Yeah, it feels awkward. Just forget. It does. It, it feels like it's, it's a sales pitch. It's not. It's just the truth. Yeah. It there was are, true for us. Yeah. If you have ambitious and audacious goals where you want to leave your job in the next few years and you just want to like find all the answers on Google and through networking events, it's not enough. You're, there's so many blind spots. There's so many little missing pieces. And you can't just say, I'm going to flip a property and get 100% financing and borrow all the renovation funds. And if I have any questions, I'll just ask it in the Facebook group. Because what happens when you ask a question in a free Facebook group? <laughs> do you get answers or do you get opinions? Opinions. You get fucking opinions. Oh, this is what I would do. This is what I've done. But you're getting opinions from some, some other schmuck who's too ignorant to pay for their own coaching. So their opinions are not educated. And what, and what happens when you get 15 opinions in, in the comment section? You go with the you one that the you one like. You pick the one that you like. <laughs> you go with the one you like. Oh, that guy said this, so I'm going to go with that. That's, yeah. the, that's the answer that I want. I see this shit in landlord pages all the time. People say, can I evict my tenants? And you get 15 different answers. None of them reference the Residential Tenancies Act. And the landlord chooses the one that they like the most. Mm -hmm. That they think is going to give them the outcome that they want, even if it's not proper advice and they end up screwed. You can't based off opinions. <laughs> yeah. But Wayne, earlier you said that, um, you know, you don't want, you don't want people to, to be like, oh, he's right. This doesn't work. I'm just going to, you know, settle down at my job. But honestly, like if you're not, if, if you're not scared about losing money, as you venture off into any sort of like entrepreneurial venture, if you're not scared about losing money, then you're delusional. If you don't think that that is a real risk in anything that you do, if you buy a, what seems to be a safe rental property, if you are doing fix and flips, if you're doing anything, if you have not considered the risk that you could at some point possibly lose money, then you're an idiot. <laughs> Is that not fair? Th these fair. should be considerations and these should be things that you are worried about and that you work through and that you figure out how, how will I recover this or how will I recover if I were to lose money in this deal, in this venture, in whatever I'm doing. So if you, if, if this show makes you crawl back to your J-O-B with your tail between your legs and say, oh, that... In, in back into your warm bed and say this this real estate investing thing actually is too risky they're right then you're not built for it and you haven't you haven't considered all of the things about it and you know if you think that your job is more safe and that it'll always be there for you and that there's not risks with it then i don't i don't think this is for you so if an honest conversation like this about how it's very real that you can lose money isn't a consideration of yours, then I, then I say split the, split the fucking room. Yeah. I, I think we're doing, we're doing a, we're doing the community a huge favor. Um, I've seen many of people who have come into this community and everyone's like, oh, wow, they're going to do really good. They're, oh my gosh, look at out, look at them. Look, they posted. Oh my gosh, look, they, you know, they're, they're changing their profile that they're going out to events. They, oh, we got a jacket. Cool. And I see a lot of people saying that. And then I watch and I, I, I can tell right away if someone has the tenacity in order to, um, in order to do this, but it's the resilience that is the most important. 
See, tenacity is one thing. You can get into the game. You can have ambition. You can be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I have, I'm tenacious. But what happens when things go wrong? The resilience is what keeps you there. And I don't think enough people have resilience in this game. But anyways, um, what I wanted to, to point out, I made a note while you were talking there, Gabby, was that um, you said that if you can't handle that, you're not built for it. That's it's, it sounds like the words almost came right out of my mouth. <laughs> um, sorry. And it's, that's, that's not an ego thing. It's just, it's, it's something that I normally say and Gabby doesn't normally say. Um, me, uh, honestly, Gab, um, I think that statement and I say it a lot is actually, uh, not a hundred percent correct. Um, you're not, I don't think that they're built for it if they're not willing to work on it. Because everyone is born, you know, start off as an embryo and eggs and all that other stuff. We can talk about the, re, you know, the reproductive system another day when I got a little more time. But everybody comes out, right? And one person is not born differently than another person. Okay, your character, your personality, your ambitions are developed, learned, learned and developed. But they're not genetic. So with that being said, if you say you're not built for it, uh, you might not be built for it in this version of you right now. Today. If that was me, and I heard this today, and it made me second guess what I was doing, I would go and look in the mirror, and I would say, you pathetic fucking piece of shit. If it were me. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Get your shit together, buddy. If if that's, if that's this version of me... It, if that's how I'm treating myself, I think that I deserve better. I think that you should, if that is you, I think you should be looking at what do I need to do differently in order to become the type of person that is not discouraged by that. It's all based off decisions, right? Yeah. It's easier said than done, but it is definitely, you are capable of doing it. You are capable of saying, I am not the type of person that gets discouraged by stuff like that anymore. And you don't even have to add any more on there. I am not the type of person that gets discouraged by something by that, like that. Yeah, That's not me. I am not the type of person who sits in fucking economy. I am fucking premium, minimum premium. We have to sit in premium for one of the flights back. We have a we have a transfer <laughs> from Calgary to Edmonton, and we are in premium. We're not in business class. Oh shucks! It's compromise. <laughs> there was no available seating. My compromise is no beach. <laughs> I made the decision. I don't sit in fucking peasant economy anymore. That's not me. No offense to people, but it's just that's not I me. Do. That's not me. Yeah. I made the decision. Mm -hmm. I made the decision that I don't hang out with certain people anymore. I don't answer phone calls. I don't. It's like it, it, it's, it's a decision. So just make better decisions. And when you make a decision, a decision is final. It's not a wish. It's not a dream. It's a decision. You make a decision, you stick to it. So just make a decision today that you're not that person, that I am this person. You want the fucking truth. That's it right there. There's like, there's, there's no fucking like, fuck. That's it. That's all. Everyone's always looking for a three-step fucking formula. It's not, no, it's that it's, it's right there. It is that simple. I'm not saying it's easy, but it is that simple. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all. And that goes for everything, everything in life. You just make a decision of who you are and you stick to it 
and don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. Don't be afraid to say who you, it is that you are. I talked a lot about this actually on um, Elray's podcast um, a couple weeks ago. Building Wealth and Real Estate podcast. That's, a, that's all I talked about for like half the podcast was like just not being afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. Just defining who it is that you are and fucking sticking with it. Yeah. Owning it. Owning it. And, and that right there is what's preventing people from doing half the shit that they want to do in this industry. Because they're not willing to own who it is that they are. Yeah. Or define themselves. And wanting to be that better version. Mm -hmm. Saying this isn't who I have to be. Like, you know, people say like, you know, I don't try to change me or whatever, but to want to change and then to own that. Say, look, this is who I am right now, but I want to be better. I'm going to be better. I am better. This is me now. Mm -hmm. Own it. I skip half of that and that's, <laughs> and that's me. It's like, I don't, I, I don't want to be, but I, I am better. Yeah. Just that's it. There's, there's no want, there's no, I'm going to be, and there's, I am. Damn, that's it. And it sounds very cocky and egotistical, but it's that, 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 that form of your ego, that part of your ego is actually your superpower. Mm -hmm. Being able to sit there and, and make a decision and define yourself like that. And a lot of people are going to be like, oh, who the fuck's this guy think he is? Suddenly he thinks he's this. Fuck him doesn't matter what they think and that's that's what a lot of people worry about they as, as soon as i define myself someone's going to question my definition yeah fuck them that's it define yourself and ignore all the other people's disputes about what your definition of you is because they don't get to decide yeah and when you decide and you define yourself suddenly everything gets a whole lot fucking easier do you see the gap there that tiny little gap it's that tiny little gap that people get stuck on and that's what prevents them from doing things. <sighs> Fixing flipping is risky. Please, for the love of God, get a coach or take a very good program and learn how to do it. Do not do fix and flips because Wayne and Gabby are doing fix and flips. Ask yourself, why are you doing it? And if you're going to build a business, you have to do research and development, just like any business. And that requires taking courses and doing research, developing business systems, right? It needs to be treated like a business. You can't, you can't just dabble in this stuff, please. Um, I'm less concerned about, I, I'm concerned about you, but I'm less concerned about you and more concerned about the people that you're borrowing money from. Because I don't want to lose any sleep. This is selfish right now. I don't want to lose any sleep feeling like I'm responsible for this. I'm responsible for bringing these people together. I'm responsible for inspiring these people to go and do this, but they're not taking the necessary steps in order to build a, a sustainable business. And then they're raising funds for it. And then I feel bad. Losing other people's money. Unsuspecting. I feel 100% connected to this. Yeah. And don't be a fucking cheapskate. Don't take our program. Take someone else's program. I don't give a shit. I mean, I, you're not going to find one better than ours, but find the second best one. But take a fucking, hire a coach, a, a, yeah. a, a reputable, experienced, and competent coach. Hire a coach so you can get solid answers and not opinions. Here's your steps for today. Define who you are, come up with a plan, hire a coach, execute. Boom. Here's your four-step system from Wayne today. There's You want a system? There's your four-step system. Yeah. There's your formula. Please, just, just, I'm, I'm trying to give everyone what they need. That may separate the room, as Gabby said. Some of you are going to look at that and be like, I don't want to do that because you're too stubborn. You're too ignorant. I don't see the value in 10,000 or 20,000 or $30,000 in coaching. If that is you, then that's fine. Just go enjoy your life. Or if that is you and you're not comfortable with that and that bothers you that you're that type of person then have a good look in the mirror and ask yourself, why are you like that? 
And maybe today's the day that you just decide that I'm not going to be like that, that I'm going to be this type of person. I'm going to be the type of person that doesn't say those types of things. I'm going to be the type of person that says this. I'm going to be the type of person that runs towards the fire. I'm gonna be, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. This is some of the best coaching I've given in a very long time. And I even put it into a four-step system. <laughs> I hope you guys wrote it down. If you didn't write it down, go listen to the recording and write it down afterwards. But not where I wanted to go today with all the negativity. I like staying in the positive, but I think I love it. it. I love I I think it's necessary. Yeah. I think it's necessary that some people need to hear that sometimes. Um we're in a bit of a transitionary period for a lot of people right now. You know, the end of the year is coming. End of the year's coming and new year's coming and you know, maybe for some people it may be a new year and a new you. Uh, me personally, I don't I don't recognize New Year's Day and New Year's Eve because <laughs> it's a continuous cycle for me. But if that's you, then maybe this is the opportunity to really, you know, take some time, you know, over the holidays while you have time off work and while you're outside of your normal routine to just do some reflecting and think about what it is that you did this year and what you've been doing and ask yourself if you're comfortable and you're satisfied with that. And if you're not comfortable and satisfied with that, then maybe it's time to make some better decisions, make some changes so that coming going forward, if January 1st is your is your new year or a new you, um, maybe that's when you make the dramatic change. Maybe that's when you say, I'm not that person anymore. This is who I am now. And start watching the results. Start paying attention to the results that you have in the new year. It's I'm telling you, because I'm going to I'm going to see the difference. I'm watching all of you. I'm going to see the difference in it. And if I see a difference, I will. I'll make sure that I send you a message and be like, hey, I see what you're doing. Keep it up. Anyways, I'm going to keep blabbering on. What is it today? Thursday. Today's Thursday? Tomorrow's Friday? Tomorrow's Friday. Okay, we'll see you guys then. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 